Welcome to an emergency edition of the First and Orange Broncos podcast. My name is Kyle Fredrickson, sitting beside Ryan O'Halloran. We're your Broncos beat reporters for the Denver Post, and we're here on a Wednesday at 11 a.m. talking about the news of the day in the NFL that the Broncos will acquire Joe Flacco via trade from the Ravens uh, when they are so allowed to do so per NFL rules next month. Ryan, a big surprise, I think, for a lot of people that this was made so early in this period of free agency a lot of mixed reactions to whether or not this is good for the Broncos now and long term for you when you hear this and and you confirmed it what do you make of the Broncos decision to go out to get a 34 year old veteran uh, to come in and and lead this Broncos offense with a lot of young talent yeah let's you know let's start with what it means and what they saw in Flacco it's you know, they felt he was clearly an upgrade from Case Keenum, and they felt like their best chance to be competitive in 2019 was with a veteran like Flacco instead of a combination of Case Keenum, Teddy Bridgewater, Nick Foles, fill-in-the-blank rookie first-round quarterback. The surprising part is Flacco was probably going to be cut. He, in fact, he was going to be cut, and the Ravens had moved on from him. They're committed to Lamar Jackson. But the fact that this happened really in the last two days – is a signal that another team was interested in Flacco, be it as a one-year rental or maybe even longer. So the Broncos, it's a bold move. It's cost them a fourth-round pick, which is what they, they had an extra fourth from the Marius Thomas trade. So if you're a Bronco fan, you say, hey, uh, John Elway started this offseason with an aggressive, bold move that he feels is going to upgrade the most important position in the sport. So you have to uh, at least give him a little bit of credit saying, Hey, he didn't. He's not banking on a quarterback falling to him at number ten in the draft. He's going with the, a guy he knows about. Before we really dive into what the Flacco trade means for the Broncos, how he fits this offense, uh, and everything in between, there, Ryan, let's just do a quick eulogy for the Case Keenum era. Uh, one year, six and ten record. Um, obviously, so underwhelming that the Broncos are willing to go in another direction after just one season. Um, but this isn't quite necessarily the quarterback bust that falls in line with other Elway decisions being that you know the the numbers line up with Keenum comparably to Flacco coming in in terms of salary and this was just a two-year deal Ryan so for you what do you make of kind of this experiment with Keenum and what do you expect for him to, to happen to him moving forward in his NFL career? Well, I think it's it, anytime you move on from a guy after one year, it is a failure. It's not a failure on the scope of Paxton Lynch because that was a first-round pick. That is you know, a lot more of a valuable commodity. You know, if this was a Keenum four-year deal that they'd be under the hook for for dead money for a couple of years from now, you'd say, what a colossal you-know-what. But this was a short-term contract that you know they have to, they're going to have to eat $10 million this year. If he wasn't good enough uh, with, with a new coordinator and new system coming in, uh, Rich Gangarello, the new offensive coordinator, is going to want a guy who plays under center a lot, who can power the football down the field. They feel Joe Flacco is better than Case Keenum in those areas. So it, uh, you know, this was an offense last year for the Broncos. Yes, there were injuries. Injuries happen everywhere. It's, it's the quarterback's job to, to lead this team through adversity. When he was asked to do more, bad things happened. When the running game was going and they played with a lead, you know his damage was minimized. So it's a, it's a experiment that was worth trying for him. It was worth signing here because he made a lot of money. And now he'll move on to the next spot. And really, three options: keep him, cut him, trade him. Really, there's two options: trade him or cut him because he's not going to be here next year. So if I'm the Broncos, I'm 
calling teams, say, hey, how about a day three pick for Case? To, and, you know, we'll take the hit, and you move on with Joe Flacco. Looking ahead as Joe Flacco being the Broncos' week one starter next season, what do you see the Broncos possibly doing in the draft then, Ryan? Because this is not a stellar class, but there are some guys who maybe would fit the description of what the Broncos would look for in a backup, a guy who maybe they would think would mold into an eventual starter, being that Flacco is maybe on the you know the, the second half of his career in, in terms of age. Uh, there are options out there. Maybe it's not Drew Haskins. Maybe it's not Kyler Murray. But so were some of the guys who were more realistic uh, who could come in who maybe just wouldn't excite the fan base, uh, you know, like the, the guys I mentioned at the top. Well, I think the biggest takeaway from the Flacco trade is, one, you know who your week one starter is going to be. Two, it gives you a ton more flexibility in the draft. They had that 10th pick. Let's say they like two quarterbacks out of the four or five being bandied about. They went ahead to trade up for them. That means next year's first, this year's second. Okay, now you're robbing your depth chart of pieces. So now... If John Elway wants to sit at number 10 and take Greedy Williams or DeAndre Baker or Byron Murphy to play corner opposite Chris Harris, he can do that. If he wants to wait till the second round to draft a quarterback like Will Greer and not put the pressure on him to start right away, that's fine too. He can wait till next year, 2020, when it's Tua, when it's Fromm, when it's Eason, when it's Herbert, you know, a very, by all accounts, a stronger quarterback class coming in in 2020. My key thing is, it gives them options to really stock up on their O-line. This is, this is, by accounts, a strong tackle guard center class after the first round, so you can get some good value there. You have Mike Munchak to mold these guys. Joe Flacco will be successful if he has good protection. That means starting over with that O-line with new guys, not guys that are here. So as we move forward with this Broncos offseason, we'll have plenty more Flacco analysis uh, as soon as in today's or tomorrow's paper online today at denverpost.com. But real quickly before we jump off uh, this podcast, Ryan, uh, we ought to catch up with you real quick. You had a busy recent stretch of travel with the Senior Bowl, the Pro Bowl, the Super Bowl. Just give us some of your Broncos highlights. You're able to catch up with some players. You'll have some content uh, that will be created off of some of those interviews, I'm sure, in, in the coming months here. Uh, what were some of the things that really stood out to you when catching up with Philip Lindsay? Uh, Chris Harris and, and and some of these other these other Pro Bowlers and the guys you met up with. Yeah, well, a couple of quick hitters from from that trip, Bronco related. One is, you know, it got a lot of attention here locally. Von Miller, I asked Von, I said, hey, do you see yourself in anything but a Bronco uniform? He says, I want to play here forever. And you might say, well, that you know, a lot of guys say that, but I think for him it is important to be a one team guy. He wants to be identified with one team. He's on his way to a Hall of Fame career. And I think he sees himself thriving for several years to come opposite of Bradley Chubb. You know, Chris Harris is open to a contract extension. I think that's something that maybe they should get working on. He has one year, uh, I think one year left on his deal. He's underpaid by cornerback th- uh, standards. But you need a guy who can anchor that defense, who can be a leader. He should be a captain next year. He should have been a captain this year. I don't care what the vote looks like. So and then Philip Lindsay coming back from that wrist Surgery is still in that cast. It's a long recovery now. Um, it's going to be several more months. You know, he sort of hedged on whether he'd be available for OTAs. Let's move on to Atlanta for the last point. Obviously, Pat Bull and Champ Bailey elected to the Hall of Fame, but on the ownership front, Roger Goodell was not happy. You could tell that when, he, when I asked him that. Yeah. You know, he said he, he said he may get involved. That's what the trustees want. If it goes to arbitration at the league level, 
Beth and Amy Bolin want Roger Goodell to recuse himself. Well, that's a whole other issue. So um, two days later, they get the word that Bolin and Champ are elected into the Hall of Fame. Steve Atwater makes the cut from 15 to 10. That's a positive step for Steve, maybe getting into the mix next year. So it was an eventful Bronco uh, couple weeks there, but uh, now it's all about uh, Joe Flacco and what this team will do in free agency and also who will get cut to create salary cap space. The news never really stops, of course, the NFL Combine. Also nearing at the end of the month, heading into March as well, so be on the lookout for more Denver Post content uh, coming out of Indianapolis. But on that note, I'll sign off for the First Orange podcast with Ryan. We appreciate you guys listening in. Of course, be sure to subscribe to all of our content at denverpost.com. You can also get the print edition delivered to your doorstep every single morning. And be sure to subscribe to the First Orange as well to get a notification every time we add some more analysis to our wealth of Broncos coverage. So on that note, we appreciate you guys listening in, and we will see you next time.